This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. I heard God speak to me and call me and speak greatness into me. And I'm like, me? Really? I remember in the backyard of my home or behind my house with tears in my eyes. And God spoke to me. And I was so shy to tell anybody because I'm like, they'd laugh at me. But I know God spoke to me. God did miracles in my life, saved me from the consequences of my stupidity. When I was very young, I was probably as old as one of my kids, and I told this to my kids. We were very poor. My mom was right here. And we would buy peanut oil to cook our food in mason jars, kind of like, you know, in these tiny jars. And, and that's all we could afford. And one day, my parents were out, and I decided to take that oil and mix it with water and see what would happen. I'm paying for it now because my, one of my sons is like that. He's like, I just want to add water, see what would happen, you know? <laughs> and I added the water, and... I shook it up, I played with it, and I realized that, shoot, I've got myself into deep trouble now. Because my dad comes back, somebody's going to get hurt real bad. And this is what I did. And I remember this very clearly, and I shared this with my kids too. I went and I poured the whole thing out. Emptied the whole thing out. Closed it, put it back on the shelf. And the guilt killed me for those few minutes. Because I know my parents were very poor. They were missionaries, doing ministry, very little cash. And that little, and I used to go buy oil, and I, my mom would ask for like the few rupees change that I had to give back to. And I put it on the shelf, and I prayed. I'm not kidding you. My parents came back. I looked at the thing; it was full of oil. The oil came back. It's weird. I'm not this prosperity, like you know, I'm going to make your legs grow or anything like that. But I watched God move. I've seen God speak to me. God has told me stuff, and it's come true. It's insane the way God still speaks. And I'm like, God, you are just. You are right. And you come and you speak to the lowest. You don't show any partiality. You pull an uneducated man from India who was a runaway who did stupid stuff all the way across the globe to preach the good news. You don't show any partiality. I'm telling you, this message, I do not know how to preach this with, what, with the way it needs to be received. I just do not, it, it's so crazy. It's so intense. It's so insane that God is always just. Yes. And God loves to shower blessings on his children. God loves, as soon as you put your trust in him, he's like, come on, baby, it's party time. Let me show you my greatness. Let me show you who I am. I'm telling you, one of the reasons why I walk like an idiot in faith, car burns down, I clap my hands and I rejoice. I mean, that same hose I was putting the car out with, I chased my kids around the yard and was squirting them with water and we had fun, we rejoiced. I'm able to sleep at peace because I've seen God move. I see he's a God who shows no partiality to anyone who trusts him. Like David says, I was young and now I'm old. But I've never seen a righteous man go hungry or his children beg for bread. For Job, he's now turning against God. God has a plan in your suffering. Okay, let's catch up. Job chapter 34 verse 21. For God watches how people live. He sees everything they do. You see, Job is saying that God is only watching over me to catch me in my sin. To catch me and to, and to, and to, you know, and to punish me. Elihu is saying, hey listen, God shows no partiality. And yes, God watches over you. But he's not watching over you to punish you. He's watching over you because he's a just God. He's watching everything you do because he's a just God. He's not just watching what you do. He's watching the intentions of your heart. He's watching where your heart is. He's watching if you're, you know, making fun of his grace, insulting his grace, making fun of him. Of, he's actually watching if, you're, if there's a hunger being stirred in you. And if you're responding to that hunger, he's watching you right now. He's watching the deepest, darkest corners of your heart. He sees everything. No darkness is thick enough to hide the wicked from his eyes. We don't, this is beautiful, this is beautiful. We don't set the time when we will come before God in judgment, I wanted to call the sermon, do you know what time it is? <laughs> because you're walking in suffering, but you don't know what time it is. 
God does. You do not know if this suffering is going to go two days, three days. Your singleness is going to go for 15 years or two days or three days or four days. Your, your lawsuit, when it's going to you know, come to a close or you know, when your house will, you know, this, the deal will close or when your sickness will go. But you don't know. God knows the time. He sets the time. And he knows the time. We don't know. But what we do know is that God is just. And he knows. He sees. He knows. And he says, he brings the mighty to ruin without asking anyone. And he sets up others in their place. He knows what they do. And in the night, he overturns and destroys them. He sees you in your suffering. He sees you in your pain. He has set a time. And he knows. Let me illustrate this for you. I don't know how many of you guys believe we're actually living in the last days right now. Yes. You know, we're living in a time where suffering is going to come for believers like never before. The heat's going to be turned up. In fact, the world is going to blame you for their suffering. Yes. Okay? I believe that this is what's going to happen. We're going to see a second wave in this country. I'm going to say this in faith because I've been praying on this. We're going to see a second wave in this country. People are going to die. Loved ones are going to die. And they're going to blame Christians for this. They're going to blame you and me for this. Because we stood strong, we kept the doors open, and we kept preaching the gospel. They're going to blame you because you live differently from them. You make choices differently from them. And they're going to come, and they're going to persecute you. I know for a fact it's going to happen. In fact, as I've been praying, God's been telling me, you've been preaching the gospel, and now it's time for you to equip the saints to suffer. There's no, it's funny, we started the year talking about death. Do you know what happens after you die? And now we're talking about suffering. There's a reason why God's walking us church through this, because it's coming. Look at what the Apostle John writes to the church in Smyrna in the book of Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. He says, do not fear what you're about to suffer. I want you to know God is so just that he will tell you what you're going to walk through before you walk through it. The reason why you find yourself surprised in suffering is because you weren't paying attention to him in the first place. God will show you what you're about to suffer. He will reveal it to you. He will warn you beforehand what you're about to suffer because he's just he says, behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. God will warn you not only that you're going to suffer, he'll also warn you about how you're going to suffer. The reason why you don't, it catches you unaware is because you're not listening. It says that you may be tested and for 10 days you will have tribulation. God is just and he will tell you how long you will suffer. He will tell you what time it is. And then he says, be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He is a just God, and every single time he walks you through suffering, he will remind you of the reward that's in the end of the season. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Seasons that God walks you through of suffering, you cannot pray it away. You cannot bind it and throw it away. You cannot fast it away. You cannot hop on one leg and sing it away. There are seasons that you go through where it's cold, it's dark, and all your leaves have gone. But that's the time you've got to dig your roots in deep, knowing that he's a just God. If there is a winter, there's also going to be a spring. And I hope you're ready for spring. I hope you're ready for a new season. I hope you're ready for the blessing that God has for us as you walk through suffering, but you will never, you'll forfeit the blessing if you turn against God and say, God, you're not just. God, how could you do this to me? And you put God in the stand, and you become the judge, and he becomes a criminal. You'll, you'll forfeit the blessing. I thank God for a faithful friend like Elihu, and I hope that I'm able to be a good Elihu to this church. God is not only just, he's also faithful. Even in your failures, he's faithful. Maybe you've turned against God, but right now he's inviting you to once again come into a faithful relationship with him, to stop accusing him of your pain, to stop accusing him of 
the person that molested you when you were a child, to stop accusing him because your parents left you when you were young, to stop accusing him because of the loss of a loved one, to stop accusing him because of your broken marriage, but turn to him and know that he is a just God and watch him intervene and swoop you off your feet and walk you into the season that God has prepared for you. He's not only just, he's also faithful, even in your failures, and he makes a way for you to go through suffering and to sanctify you and to bring you into salvation. And if you're saved and you're suffering, God will use your suffering to bring others to salvation. I know that in this building over here and most of you watching, most of you know about Jesus and I've heard the gospel before. But it's quite possible that there are some of you that have never given your life to Jesus. And I told you this message is about the gospel like you never heard it before. It's possible that all your years of your life, you have relied on your hardship your hard work, your efforts, and your suffering, and your tears, and you think that your suffering and your tears has earned you a ticket into heaven. A, a, a very popular lie in America is that for you to go to heaven, you have to die. That's false. For you to go to heaven, you have to love Jesus. You have to surrender to him, because heaven is full of people who love Jesus. Heaven is not full of people who have never sinned. Heaven is full of people who love Jesus because they recognize that their hardship and their suffering does not earn them the right to be made right with God. Here's number three, the most important point in all of this that brings wisdom in your suffering. We see the faithful. His name is Jesus. And Jesus is the wisdom in man's suffering. I could break down and cry at this point over here. Just imagine the pain that people walk through in this life. And I know that this message insults your pain. And I want you to know that the gospel insults your suffering. Yes, it does. Especially when you made your suffering your ticket to salvation. Jesus is the only one who can bring wisdom in your suffering. Man's failures and God's faithfulness meets at this beautiful place called the cross. Man's failure, God's faithfulness at the cross. And it shows you mercy. Mercy is what God withholds from you that you actually deserve the punishment and the wrath of God. What man can only wish for, God made it possible through Jesus. The message of the cross can be boring even to believers, sadly. And that's why we walk past it and we go to everything else that is emotionally driven. We love sensationalism. And we walk right past the cross. The apostles warned us of this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, it says, For the word of the cross is folly, it's foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us, those who are being saved, is the power of God. It's human nature. It's human nature for us to feel the pain in our suffering. It's human nature for us to fall. It's human nature for us to find fault even with God. And that's why I'm really happy and joyful that Jesus comes into the world and gives us hope in the wisdom of God for man. Right now, I want to warn you, beware of anything that's taken away the joy of the cross in your pain. In your suffering, if you run into anything else and it's taken away the joy of the cross, watch out because that thing is tripping you up. That thing is causing you to build the throne of Satan in your life. If there's anything else that's not causing you to clap your hands with joy, anything else that's taking that away from you and reminding you of the cross, watch out for those things that get in the way. It's in the cross and the cross alone, you're gonna find joy in your suffering. It's in the cross alone that you're able to put a smile on your tear-covered face. Cars, houses, relationships will all be burnt up, but the cross, and the cross alone, is the only thing in all the universe 
that'll bring wisdom to a foolish world that's bubble-wrapped in emotions. Elihu's speech is so weird, man, because he's speaking all over the place, and it's really hard to kind of pull stuff together and to see, okay, what are you saying and to get the gist of it. But here we go. I think I'm doing a good job of it this morning. He says in Job chapter 33, verse 14, for God speaks again and again through people, though people do not recognize it. He's saying, listen, I told you God is just, and now I'm going to show you how God shows his justice. God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. I've said this for weeks now. A lot of people know the word, but have never heard the voice. They don't spend enough time with God. And God is speaking again and again, though people do not recognize it. How does God speak? He says he speaks in dreams, in visions of the night when deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds. Now, a lot of commentators are very frightened of this verse. It's crazy. I think I read about 12 commentaries on this, and they're freaked out. They always have to add like this footnote of like, oh, but, 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 but God doesn't speak to us in dreams anymore. He speaks because when, he spe- when you're dreaming, it's just like a pizza and your soda that you ate the previous night. But back in the day, God spoke to us through dreams. Bull. Yes, that's right. Okay? That's right. God still speaks. Yeah. Multiple times, I told my mom, God warned us through dreams to leave a place because danger was around and we left just in the nick of time. God still speaks. Listen to me. God still speaks. And who knows, maybe God is talking to you right now through the words that are coming out of my mouth and saying, wake up. I am just. I am a good God. Your suffering is not your ticket to salvation. And I'm talking to you right now. The Bible says in the early days, God spoke to us through the prophets, but today he's spoken to us through his son. And his son continues to speak. We're going to go through the book of John very soon after we're done with the book of Job. And it says, word became flesh. Why word? Because God still speaks. And then word dwelt among us. We've seen of his glory. And God still speaks. God loves to speak. If only we as his creation will stop getting so hurt about everything and pay attention to his words. Like Elihu, he will call you into repentance, call you into his grace, and call you to a place of joy in the midst of your suffering. For God speaks again and again through, though people do not recognize. He speaks in dreams, in visions of the night, when deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds. And why does God speak? Why should God speak to you? Look at this. It says, he whispers in the ears and terrifies them with warnings. Maybe what I said over here offended you. Sometimes what I say over here can can bring a little fear in you. And sometimes that fear is good. He terrifies you of saying, hey, listen, man, there's a song that keeps coming up on my playlist. Don't play with God. He ain't nothing to play with. And it puts a fear of God. I'm like, I don't want to play with God. And he's almighty God. We, this morning, when I said, God, show us your glory, Moses prayed the prayer and God's like, dude, you would die. You, you will die if I showed you my glory. So you know what? I'll hide you in the cleft of the rock and I'll show you my back. Join us this Sunday at the Living Church Boise. Service and address can be found on our website, www.thelivingchurchboise.com. Visit our website for service time and address.